Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This is Paris. So, hey, everyone, we are about to interview the beautiful, the hilarious Whitney Cummings. Yes. Whitney, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This is, a, this is a big deal. I mean, this is a very big deal. Um, I'm obsessed with you, Paris, and I'm forcing you to be my friend, uh, which I don't keep a secret. And I love this. I love that you're just, your shoes are off. I can kind of see your inner thighs, sir. No, you, sir. I'm talking to Me? you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. All right. I'll fix that. My no, bad. No, please. I'm just, it's, you know, if you don't mind me staring at it, let's call it quality. We've, we've kind of met before a little bit. Do oh. you remember, do you remember me by any, in, in any way? <laughs> no, it's I not. I mean, hold on. It is a wide shot. Wait, we do. No, can I tell you something? We do know each other somehow, but. I have this thing where really handsome, tall guys, like, I just am like, ugh. Like, I, I don't, was I rude? Well, you didn't describe me as a tall, handsome man in the podcast, that's for sure. I was the gentleman that Liza Koshy went on the date with, and you 
ripped me to shreds for about an hour as she described the date and i remained okay. anonymous okay i was so good talking to you guys um <laughs> i'm just canceling uh nothing personal paris i just i i'm too embarrassed so i just need to no let me yeah i do i'll say this i i uh, got a dm and someone said liza talked about going on a date with a goofy looking tv host and i'm pretty sure it's you hunter and i was like that could only be me i listened to it i was laughing the whole time i love comedy i thought you were hysterical you have nothing to worry about and it was it's the kind of thing where you know like i had something with like david blaine where he like came up to me once and was like oh yeah that that thing you said that time and i'm like oh my god dude literally it was like when you're trying to make ha-has like (sighs) You're going to say stuff that is going to hurt people by accident. You don't even know if you're hurting. Like, I didn't even know you. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what? I'm not sorry. I'm not going to be apologetic. So just... I stand by all the stuff I said. Was there something about a persimmon? Oh, well, I had persimmons in the backyard and we had like... No, they were kumquats, I think. Oh, it was a kumquat. She never had a kumquat. Yeah, I'm just saying, of course, I'm going to go to town on the kumquat guy. (laughs) Yeah, anyway, she... You know what I mean? But it's really beautiful. I mean, it is really beautiful. I mean... When I'm not joking, it's like all the stuff I was hearing was like, this guy's like amazing, but <laughs> I have to say that it's a creepy serial killer because I just, what else, what am I going to be like? That was so what amazing. she kept saying. I know, Dexter, saying, I heard it yesterday. Did you I was listen dying. to it? Yes. Yeah. And then <laughs> you said the, you were high? No, she's dying. Dying. Oh, she's dying. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really cute. So I, I asked Liza and she goes, of course you can bring it up to Whitney, but Liza's the greatest human in the world. And you guys talking was one of my favorite it's so funny to hear your own date back to you. I was thinking to myself, that guy's going to fucking kill her. For sure. There's no way. But like, but when you're, re- that's the danger of like, I am dating a new guy and I'm like, can I make fun of him? Because it's like, I understand to people that aren't comics, how like that could come off like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, I think we're all used to roasting each other so hard. And then when it's, and when it's someone that I like don't know, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, oh, I feel gross. No, you're fine. Don't worry about it at all. But that actually does bring up an interesting point. Paris and I were just talking to Nikki in one of our previous episodes, uh, Paris's sister, about how sometimes comedians, especially to Paris, to Britney is another good example, Lindsay Lohan, all these people, comedian David Letterman, Sarah Silverman, were really harsh. And it's kind of, there's been a little bit of a reckoning. We want to know what you think about that. Yeah. And I mean, what I'll say is like, you know, as someone that came up in this business, like, you know, it's something that you're like, it just becomes so normalized and that you become desensitized to it. And it's also like, what are we going to do? Do you know what I mean? It's like you go on Letterman and he makes a couple jokes and you're like, well, what am I like? What am I going to say something? What mm-hmm. am I gonna, like? What leverage do I have? You know, like I'm lucky to be here. I get, you know, I think that this business conditions you to believe that you're so lucky when you get any opportunity and you have to like be on your best behavior all the time that it's like, I saw that for years I've been being in writers rooms and comedy writers rooms and award show writers rooms. And you're just like, what am I going to say? Hey guys, stop being, per-, you know, like what I'm, am I the hall monitor? Like, you know, it's also been tricky because as all this stuff has been sort of happening, um, this reckoning, I find myself in situations where I'm like, Oh, I guess I'm the person that needs to speak out about this. You know, no mm. one else is going to, it's such a culture of enabling silence um, and like, especially when someone like David Letterman or like Jay Leno, it's like, well, we assume there's like an HR department who would handle this. Like you, was, there's so many jobs in place now that are supposed to make sure shit like that does not happen. And so I think that like your reaction is like, well, someone's going to handle that. Mm. Like someone, this is a corporation. This is ultimately ABC is Disney. Like NBC is universal. Like 
they're corporate. Like, and so I think that for the longest time before you have any kind of power, you're like, well, someone's dealing with that. Like it must be handled by someone because this couldn't just go on in plain sight all the time. You know, like you assume problems are being solved by adults, but they're um, being enabled by the adults that you think are, are supposed to be protecting you. Right. Mm-hmm. So I've been on sets where I'm in a nude scene and uh, it's supposed to be a closed set and there's 40 people there and the director's filming the monitor. But then I look over and the studio head is there the uh, uh the network executive and they're all there so i'm like okay so you guys aren't going to say now i have to be the asshole with no sense of humor uh who can't take a joke who's not fun or cool who's going to go hey guys this is inappropriate now i'm like the the bummer on set or the diva or the oversensitive woman or the hysterical woman you know there's just like so, it's so ingrained that we're hysterical crazy dramatic emotion so there's something in that interview which as hard as it is to watch as hard as to think about you know what has happened to you like I will say this is probably not super helpful but watching you just sit there and just like take it like and no one thinks about him anymore and here you are like having this like amazing let's just sort of like it it was just amazing to watch you just like "Mm mm-hmm like, I'm going to, I'm not going to fall for this. Like, I'm going to let you be shitty. And at some point, people are going to catch up to it. Like, you know, you just came off like just so classy and so just like gracious and patient and sort of, I think for a long time, that was a big part of our job was to tolerate this really flagrant, you know, misogyny to get what we wanted. But now it's, we got it. Now it's, it's enough, you know? Like the women that had to take that at the time, I believe were entrepreneurs that were doing the right thing because that was the fucking game. But now the game needs to change. Like it's it's too far and there's too many women in power and like this can't happen anymore. And I think that as, as much as it sucks that it happened to you, that you have to be one of the people that made us realize like you're a martyr and a saint and, and all those things. But, um, you know, it's it was it was so I mean, I used to sit in writer's rooms. They used to have a picture of me on the wall and they'd throw darts at it like it was like the shit that went on was just like wild, mm. wild to think about. Um, and I think this is kind of just the beginning in terms of if we're going to go back and look at interviews and the way celebrities were treated. I mean, I was in a sitcom where I was just trying to be funny as a comedian. I was like tw- 27 years old, like clearly had an eating problem, uh, disorder and body stuff. And I talked about it. And, the, and the critics, I have like I have all the, the criticism. They talked about my body and every... Um, they were like, she's wiry, she's shrill, she's loud, she's annoying. It was just like, just a woman being the star of a sitcom is just Mm. like really disorganizing to these people, um, and upsetting to them. And they had to come after my appearance. It's like, just say the show was bad. Don't come after my body. Like you would never do that for a guy. Yeah. Paris, did you ever have to deal with critics? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I can totally relate. Just going through so much, just... I'm so happy that times are finally beginning to change because enough is enough. And like, how much of it did you feel at the time? As I'm watching you on that couch, like, having been in that situation, I would have just burst into tears. Like, I, I've, I've done interviews where I'm just like, kind of crying and just tr- trying to hold it together. You know, like, what were you? Did you feel like you had just like, f- like, found a way to disassociate and check out, or you just like, were feeling it and covering? Yeah, I was definitely inside. I'd wanted to just run off stage and cry. And I was just trying to hold back my tears and trying to be strong. 
and just furious, upset, humiliated. But I knew I had to be professional and I couldn't say anything. So I just was like, okay, like I'm not going to answer. But I just kind of like, I don't know. I just, I've never been the type of person who's like confrontational. So I would never tell someone off or do something like that. But inside I was just really feeling it. And and here's what I'll say, like, and this is totally unfair and f***ed up. But when people are mistreated like that, like publicly or even just in whatever job people that are listening have, the cooler you are when someone else is uh, being shitty, the better it's going to go for you in terms like so people can look at that and it's just 100 percent him. You're mm-hmm. just so classy and gracious and it sucks that you were probably fucking dying inside. But like you didn't do anything that would go, well, she was kind of well, she said this and then, he, you know what I mean? Like because that's what they try to do. They try to be like, well, you were this and you said that. You were just like, I'm going to let you fucking hang yourself. And it was almost like felt like people are going to watch this clip in the future and really think it was f-ed up. It was almost like, you know, there was something just, I guess, amazing about uh, something like a martyr saint moment, because that video is now going to be is going to change a lot of things and be part of this reckoning. Yeah. It's, yeah. You're like, I don't really want to be a trailblazer. I kind of want to. <laughs> Paris has been a trailblazer for a lot of things, and I feel like it's funny to think that even retroactively, you in the past is now trailblazing more things in a way. Yeah, than people now. Yeah, it's like your old your old videos are doing more. And I mean, no, Paris has. I mean, you have had such a big impact, like especially on you know girls like me that grew up feeling like they had to be tomboys. My dad wanted boys. He got a me. He didn't know he threw basketballs at me. Like he didn't know how to. You know, I felt like I had to neuter myself for so long. And like seeing you just it, being in the zeitgeist in, you know, my 20s was like, wait, I don't have to neuter myself to be accepted. And like, I don't have to be a boy and only wear pants and hoodies and sneakers and uh, uh, neuter myself in order to be taken seriously. Like it, it was a it was a very big deal to see. Um, and to me, that's the most feminist thing is to be um unapologetically and triumphantly yourself, whatever your the authentic version of you is. And you've always been that. And I would look at you and just go like, oh, you can be a businesswoman and wear your hair down. Like you, I, that was like very important information that I hadn't gotten, (laughs) you know, you can wear makeup and still run a business. Like, like I, it was like, it was really, it's really important that people see that, you know, um, uh, that kind of that femininity doesn't mean weakness and that you're not, you know what I mean? That I got that message. That hyper femininity was like bad and not feminist. Like I got shitty programming. Um, mm. And then to see you was just like, I mean, at Benton, like it changed his life. You know, Benton, who caused my podcast, like wrote a paper on Paris Hilton, if you guys don't don't know this. Um, uh, and it in his small town where, you know, he wanted to wear a skirt and he wanted to wear a dress and there was no one that thought like him or looked like him. And he got to look at you on you know TV and it was like, no, I'm. I can. I want that. I'm undoing that. I love Benton. And, I can't wait to read that paper. I just remember getting that DM from you, and you said that to me. You're like Benton. He wrote this paper of you in high school, and I was like, "This is so sweet." There's even a photo I mean, of him like holding up yeah, something, like him. a maybe a magazine or something that you were on. Oh, he's wearing. Is he wearing a t-shirt or is oh, he holding my album cover? I think. Well, he is still wearing a t-shirt that says "I love Paris Hilton," and then he's holding up. Uh, is that an album? Cover? I think it's an album or a poster. He's so cute. He shows up in in shirts with you on them a couple times a week, and I don't say I'm just like let's just not. 
I'm not gonna let her know how many shirts you've had made of her. Um, but uh, but no, I mean, I think it's it's it was at a at a time your um, ascent and omnipresence and business and how you turned all these little things into into businesses and brands, like every little thing, and it was like everything felt was just so fucking smart and. It gave so many women, you know, certainly I can speak for my age that were taught, no, you have to be one of the boys to make it. And then you fucking made it. And I was like, wait, I don't think that's true. I think you can like wear bracelets and makeup and jewelry and still be taken seriously as a woman. Like that was a really big deal, I think, for uh, that generation that thought they had to overcorrect and just be boys, you know? Mm. Thank you. I love her. <laughs> She's like, can you shut up? Sorry. No, I love it. That's She's not... like, I know, I know all. Tell me something I don't know. <laughs> you guys have more in common than just the the successful without, you know, compromising pets. Huge pet yes. fans. Yes. I love that you're an animal lover like me. I don't. And I wonder, like, you know, I think there are, you know, someone like you, I remember, like, because you were my neighbor for a while. And I remember see on King's Road. You were on King's Road, like around that corner? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was on, King, uh, not King's, I was on Miller Drive, which is like sort of, uh, uh, for those of you at Sunset, there's like a Hollywood, whatever. And then, so there's like a, like, you were maybe like half a mile away and I would like go running, you know? And there was always like cars outside your house and there was like people. And there was a time where you like couldn't get in your car and there was some, it was just like craziness. Okay, I mean, true to the point to where I remember thinking, like, is this girl safe? Like, this was like a new era of paparazzi and internet, and and, and like, let's get the photo up today. You know, it used to be like it'll come out every Friday on us, in Us Weekly. Then it was like we got to get a photo now, and so you like it just got crazier, didn't it? Feel like when you out of control. It was like every time I left my house, it was like a red carpet with like people camped out. There'd be like fifty paparazzi, like. People jumping my fence, like crazy. An event. You became movie stars. They're like, yeah, we want to see you every two years when you have a movie come out. Like people wanted to see you every day, all the time. And it was like, it was like, it was, it was crazy. Even, I mean, I just, I remember being like, this is too much for one person. But I was like, oh, she has a sister. That's good. But I remember going like, I hear she has dogs. Okay. I feel like she's okay. Because <laughs> that's like that unconditional love that no matter what happens to you, you're just like, you don't know what I do. You don't care about what I have or how I can help you. Like at a time when it feels like everybody's using you or mistreat, it's just like dog. It's like back to, that's how I get my equilibrium back. How many pets do you have? Eh. Um, who's asking? Animal control or you? <laughs> Me. If, if animal control is asking, I have four and a kennel license, so you can't come for me. But I, I, I have four. I, I have four that are mine, uh, uh, and they're always with yes. me Ouch. at every juncture. Right <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but and I try to have one foster uh, every month or as often as often as I can, uh, uh, con- considering how long it would take them to adopt them out. But I get um, I usually do animals that are involved in exotic animal trafficking trade, which are these like really tricky inbred overpriced breeds that they sort of you know like um sharpays and pharaoh hounds and you know these um dogs that were like in some kind of trafficking situation because a lot of times they'll breed them here and then send them over to like the middle east or saudi arabia or someone commissioned a super expensive dog somewhere um so i usually get those um if they're involved in a court case in la county 
uh, I think this is a state by state thing. You can't um, put the dog back to the shelter if it's uh, evidence in a court case and they just have to put them down usually. So I take those. Oh, yeah, that's nice. I need I need a little house like yours. How many do you I have a horse as well and a pig. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you about the pig. So you're I saw a, a picture of it on it's small. It's small, but that's because I rescued him from a mini pig breed. Uh, sorry, teacup pig breeder. So since you guys are all uh, Paris Hilton fans, you're all animal people. So you will, I hope, hear this without getting defensive, which is that um, there's no such thing as a teacup pig. No pig naturally is under 80 or 100 pounds. What they do to make a teacup pig, those little three pound ones that like, I want a million of them. But what they do is they like actually just starve them so that they don't grow. Um, and they just stunt them. So I had gotten him from that and he had all these like deformities in his legs and all these problems. So they just basically like dropped him off at a shelter and uh, I just took him and he had all these health problems and um, almost died. But he's just the greatest and pigs are awesome pigs are like they're first of all they're awake 24 7 they never sleep it's just like tick, 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 tick. your whole house is like tick, 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 tick. they have their little high heels on and they're just like tick, tick. like they never it pigs make you realize how much dogs sleep it's just like you mm. again what 5 a.m he's like in my bed like what are we doing what are we doing and they're so smart so um, smart so smart and it was such a joy. I, I moved him to a place called Central Texas Pig Rescue uh, in Texas because so few doctors and vets even know how to keep doctors and vets. I didn't take him to a doctor. I took him to a vet. Um, not that crazy with my animals. Um, but uh, so few of them know how to take care of a pig and keep a pig alive because no one wants to do that normally. So there were no vets here who even knew what was wrong. I would go into a vet and they would just start Googling, like, deformed leg pig. It was like, okay. <laughs> There's just no one here that, you know, they go, we don't keep them alive. And a lot of times they have so many antibiotics in them that they, you can't even rescue a pig because they're like, you have to promise us you're not going to eat it or something. Like, it, there's all these Jesus. like crazy laws. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and, and, and just absence of knowledge, you know, like I, I came in with this pig who had all these problems and he kept getting pneumonia and because his, uh, all his organs were underdeveloped and it was like a whole nightmare. And I would go to this vet every night at like midnight emergency. And I was spending all this money on this pig and like three weeks into it, I said to her and she, the pig was on a ventilator in my house. And, um, but you know, when you're rescuing a dog, there's just no, it's never a question. It's never like, uh, am I going to give up? Like, it's just, I took on your life as my responsibility and I'm not, I'm, I'm, you're gonna live. Like I get obsessed and I went into the vet a week later and I was like, Hey, so should we get, and she just goes, you're still doing this. <laughs> she like, basically you haven't given up on this pig yet. She's like, and she's basically like, we don't really know what to do. Like, we don't know. Like no one spends this money on a pig. They eat them. Uh, you know, so, uh, this place in Texas, you know, knew what to do and they have an amazing hospital in Austin that knows everything about pigs. So I keep them there because I was like, I'm going to kill you out here, dude. I got tricked into the whole teacup pig thing and I believed it. And it is true. There is no such thing as a teacup pig. So this woman contacts me on Instagram and is like, I have this little pig for you. I'm going to give it as a gift. It was like literally this teeny little pig. It was black and white and pink. It was so cute. It's like one pound. She's like, it'll only be like five to 10 pounds full grown. I'm like, awesome. I get her. Her name, I name her Princess Pigalette. She's like sleeping in bed with me. Like I'm obsessed with her. She's so sweet. Keeps growing. 
keeps growing. Then I put her in the doggy mansion with the dogs. She's like best friends, keeps growing. Then she's like literally like 120 pounds. She's like no longer. This is longer. their scam. <laughs> this like is their scam. They charge you $3,000. They gave you a gift because they knew that it being on your Instagram would promote it. And they do that. And then they end up, people are in over their head because pigs are fucking huge and they're strong as shit and they're very territorial. So your pig will knock your dog over, your toddler, like just because they're always learning their place in the world. Um, they're just claiming space. And so then we have to deal with the fucking 50 pigs in a shelter because all these mini pigs that they rescued got too big and people can't have a 150 pound pig in their house. It's and so they eat up. like furniture. They will eat Everything. truly anything. Oh are God. you, how are you doing with all these dogs and animals? Oh, I, I love the little dogs. They're the funniest looking dogs I've ever seen in my entire life. And they're, they're so all cute. Aliens. They're all aliens. And, but, uh, Paris and I went out there the other day and the first day I was here I was just blown away at how sweet all of them were which I think is another thing like a lot of impressions a lot of people think that they know what Paris is like and then you might think you know what Paris's pets are like like maybe they're you know not so sweet maybe they expect everything and just like Paris they're the sweetest people in the world they just want to love everybody the and it sweetest was... people you talk like me I call my dogs people they're people they're people um, people in dog costumes yeah oh my god Paris's people in dog costumes are really small then because those things are I do think she gives them like eyelash extensions or eyebrow implant I'm just like they're... I've never seen I've never seen this kind of this kind of face before like these are dogs that you're like mm, I feel like there's a lab uh where they why are the eyebrows going up like i mean they're just such aliens because they're supermodels they really are and what is the one that i saw uh, last time i was there that little um black uh the tiny what is that is it a fox it does not look oh, like a dog the little um pomsky teacup the little what's that called a, a pom- teacup oh, pomsky like a, a siberian teacup. husky mis- mixed with the pomeranian oh my god that dog's personality Mm-hmm. was so funny and sweet and smart and i just was like how do i get like are we cloning what are we doing uh, you know i know i'd like to rescue this dog it's clearly being abused <laughs> it has its it has its own hotel i don't yeah, think it'd be is. a hard sell this is paris Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melody, 
Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. I am all in. With Scott Patterson, an iHeartRadio podcast. This is Scott Patterson. You know me as Luke on the show Gilmore Girls, and I have a podcast called I Am All In. So, you know, here's the thing about the podcast is I've never, ever, ever seen, only seen one movie, and I've only seen the pilot. So 153 episodes and three movies I have not seen. And I know you guys have been binge watching it through COVID and, you know, for 21 years and the generations of families and mothers and daughters. And let's watch it together, guys. You know, we'll share stories. We'll share the memories. Uh, I've got a million stories to tell, especially about Sean Gunn and Milo Ventimiglia and a lot of other people, too. And guess what? You can pull out your cell phones and use them during the podcast, I guess. How am I going to know? You come into the diner and do that. That's a different story. 
Listen to I Am All In on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, and don't forget, follow us on Instagram at I Am All In Podcast and email us at Gilmore at iHeartRadio.com. Oh, you Gilmore fans, if you're looking for the best cup of coffee in the world, go to my website for my company, scottyp.com, S-C-O-T-T-Y-P.com, scottyp.com. Grade one specialty coffee. This is Paris. Aside from the pets, uh, you know, you guys... uh I want to talk about the comedy and stuff because I feel like coming up. As oh, a I'm female- so sorry. I never got to that. That um, I never responded to that question uh, properly. I just made it about me um, <laughs> and how hard it's been for me. Um, you know, it's tricky. I just think that we're getting to a point that it's it's just not even to. You know, I was talking to someone recently, and I'm trying to um, keep this like relatively vague, but like was talking to someone recently who was at uh, in a situation where like there was some homophobia around uh, him on a production and it was like jokes it's like an actor going into a show and you're gay and you read all their jokes or like uh, you know like oh is this my only thing I have to offer is being mm-hmm. I'm like every gay man just constantly talking about dicks like it was just very homophobic um, and I was thinking about it and I was like and he was telling me all the jokes and I was like the bigger news here is not that they're homophobic it's just that none of these jokes are funny Mm. which is a testament to as a society like we've moved like no one thinks this is funny like this is just not working anymore like just from a comedy perspective forget your politics or your values or your morals it's also like my thing with that about like sexist jokes and stuff I'm like I can get on my soapbox and tell you why these are sexist and degrading and insulting and offensive and racist and homophobic but the first thing I'm going to tell you is they're just not funny. So that's the bigger thing here, guys. So it's mm-hmm. like when I'm talking to these comedy writers that make these offensive, these or not offensive, like homophobic races, like if you're going to do that, it better be the best fucking joke on the planet, you know? Um, but, you know, so I tend to be pretty like, yeah, let's see if someone laughs. They didn't. They, mm-hmm. the, the, they voted, you know? So... It's been kind of weird to think that I think for the longest time we think, oh, everyone in Hollywood are like super liberal, like super woke, super blue. They're behind. You know what I mean? America's going, that was weird. That interview was weird. We never liked that. We always thought that was weird. You know, this has been this sort of like capsizing of like, oh, no, Hollywood, like you guys are fucking backwards in America now. You know, I mean, look, not all of them, but, you know. (laughs) For the most part are going like we don't like this and they're not watching it anymore you know so that's exciting that they're seeing that it's just a bad business decision because hollywood mm-hmm. it's like they don't do anything for morals it's all for money or clout or to cover their asses or to seem like their politics you know it's all just like um you know, so it's tricky. Like on the roasts, like the point of the roast, like I think the roast might kind of be over, but the roast, like the whole point of that was to be as mean as possible, as insulting as possible, all those things. And usually, this is the one thing I will say to like, you know, people that have been on the roast that were, you know, yours. I was always called slut, whore, anorexic. How does that feel? Like I, I've been asked to be on so many of these roasts, and I'm like, uh-huh. I am not putting myself through that. Like I would rather like 
uh, (laughs) die. Like, how do you like deal with that? You know, it's, it's, it's having been inside, cause it's this, it's also, you're ugly, you're disgusting, you're old, uh, and you're also a slut. I'm like, which is it? Do you guys want to me or not? Like pick one, you know, am I old and busted or am I a slut that guys want to be around all the time? You know, which is it? Like, and when you're in those rooms, cause I was a writer on the roast before the way the decisions get made. And I'm, this is probably defending an abuser like Stockholm syndrome in a way, but you know, everyone that did sign up for it knew what they were getting into, you know, and it's, 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 you know, I always assume anyone that's there like knows, but like people like me and Lisa Lampanelli, like even comedians, like we would just cry afterwards, but, um, but we needed the money, you know? So it was like, yeah, you guys can humiliate us. And that's my job today, you know, is to allow all this. And then I'm going to come back and destroy you as well. You know, I don't think people that aren't comedians should even be on the roast. It's just, it's a, it's a comedian's tradition that is rooted in severe mental illness. And like, it's not a healthy thing. It was never meant to have healthy, normal people on it, you know, that didn't deserve. It was like, you know, Friars Club. It was like a bunch of degenerates just be like you, you're, you know, and it was all people that could take it and that had such dysfunctional up abuse as children that it actually didn't feel bad, you know, it's like, but to, um, well-adjusted people, it's, it's crazy. And I, um, and the thing is though, in the room, in the roast room, usually if you're a slut, it means they had nothing else to get you on. They couldn't say you weren't successful. They couldn't say you weren't talented. They couldn't say, you know, you haven't achieved anything. And so they just go for the slut card. It's like such a sloppy, lazy. So when I see that now, as much as it like hurts and as much as I like have to talk myself out of like internalizing it, I'm just like, oh, like, you just took a shortcut that doesn't even work. And mm. like, I feel bad for you that that was like the most creative thing you could come up with, like a punchline from the eighties, you know? <laughs> so I like to just go, I just like to go like jokes on you guys because you don't get to keep working. And we do. Is that yeah. what you always wanted to be growing up? Like you always wanted to be an actress and a comedian. I wanted to be a journalist which ended up kind of being what the same instinct that made me want to be a comedian. Cause it's all like, you know, you build a case and then you prove it. And then you sort of try to convince people of your point, you know, like that it's more, it was like, it was like lawyer or journalist. And I realized that comedy was actually the thing I wanted uh, to be doing stand up. Um, I interned at a local television station in Washington, DC where I was going to get like a, like a tape. Like I want to be like a news anchor. And I didn't, the main problem with news, at the time, news used to be non-biased. And my problem was that I, every time I would, I would read the news to get like a tape that I could like submit, I guess. I don't know. Back then we needed tapes or something um, before the internet. And, uh, and I remember everything that would come up, every news story, like a picture would come up of like the person and I would just start making fun of them. Like there was like a thing where it was like a kid got kidnapped and then his photo came up and I was like, who want to kidnap him? The guy's blind. Who kidnapped? Like, I was just like, whatever. I'm not standing. None of them were good jokes, but I couldn't not make jokes. Like I couldn't not be like, well, why did he go down? To, why would you go on the subway at night? Like I couldn't. Whose fault is that? Like I kept going into that. And it was like, oh, I'm never going to not be able to put my opinion in something. Um, so I was like, comedy happened. Do you think Less. that the, no. <laughs> do you think that the, I mean, there's a, obviously a connection between comedy and having a little bit of a dark side, maybe some unresolved 
Like, I know everybody in my family who's funny has some trauma. We Are you <clears throat> implying? Why do you love horses so much? I already know. Can, We've already talked about it. Comedians aren't emotionally stable? Is that what you're implying? Yeah, I am. I think I think that's a true thing, right? Yeah, I am. Uh, fair. Uh, yes, I do think the instinct to need to get up and make a bunch of drunk strangers love you against all odds, um, especially because in the beginning for so long, you have absolutely no success and you're not funny. So it's incredibly painful. You're making no money. You're ruining your social life. You're ruining your sort of chances at any kind of life stability. <laughs> you're you're uh, uh, losing your fertility, uh, all the things. Um, and it's to be worth it, to be that painful and worth it is such a masochistic thing. But I do think the kind of people who need to do it so badly um, has to do with, I know that I had to audition for approval as a kid. I know I had to fight mm-hmm. really hard to get attention in an alcoholic home or even just in a busy home. Like, you know, I, I don't blame my mom for this. I'm so glad she was working, but she was working. You know, none of my friend's moms were working uh, in the 80s and 90s or early 90s. And um, so she was gone all the time. I was alone a lot. And I like felt like I had to work really hard to get people's approval and I had to be funny and crass because a lot of times, you know, it was like the adults throw them back and I would come downstairs and try to entertain them and get their attention and be more entertaining than alcohol. Um, Mm. So when you have to compete with alcohol, you end up getting funny uh, because it's a hard thing to compete with. And um, also my last name is Cummings, so I had to figure out a way to There was only one career you could go into. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I I just... I did defend myself on the schoolyard quite a bit. This is um, a horrible transition, but you mentioned fertility. Yes. Yeah. I wanted to yeah. ask you about that. Let's do it. I love it. I froze my eggs uh, when I was 33, and I'm going to try to freeze embryos this fall. Hunter, are you in? I need some sperm. I've got way let's, too much right now. So, yeah. Water let's under go. the bridge. Let's just fully have a kid together. We don't have to just, I won't even, we don't have to be in the same room like a Mormon, modern Mormon family. I, I fully, fully support this idea. You also are doing... Yes. I'm sorry, just trying... I don't she know literally what age like, this You're like, oh, this is, is so. going to be a fight later. Why am I even talking to you? Uh, so what's the deal? Where are you in it? Um, well, my fiancé and I have been doing it. We're not doing it. <laughs> well, I like, you have, We've huh? been doing that and this. Yeah. Um, well, I is thought it was embryos? like... Yes. So during quarantine... Right. Like at this point, Carter and I were together for probably like, I don't know, like six months. And we just went and started doing the IVF. So wait, so how you have embryos on ice. And then when is the implant, the uh, in vitro? Is that what it's called? I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't even know anything about this or like what it was. And then Kim Kardashian told me like at one of her Christmas parties. And then I was like, this sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. So then... I, I was like, I'll just, I don't know. If When I found someone I loved, I would do it with him. And then Carter, I just knew. So we started doing it like during quarantine because I was like, this is perfect. The world shut down. There's nowhere to go. Like, because it's hard, like having to do all mm-hmm. the shots. Like, mm-hmm. how was the process for you? I wanted to ask how you felt during oh it. Oh, my God. A couple things. Number one, I think I was, came into, I got very disgruntled during the process because I did egg freezing not embryo freezing, which I'm going to do embryo freezing uh, this, uh, this end of this year, I think. Um, but uh, so I didn't have someone to go through it with. It was very much like you're, you're doing this because you're going to be alone forever because your personality sucks. And 
you have to do this because you like there it was just so much shame around it when I did it like there there no one talked about it like you know now you know insurance I think it's covered by insurance at maybe Facebook and Google like um you know it's becoming more mainstream but when I did it, it was very much like in secret it was embarrassing it was like I had failed so now I have to spend money on being able to be fertile for longer because um i failed as a woman i'm breaking down as a woman i'm rotting like it's just like a lot of shit comes up that i didn't expect and because i feel like i was told like women can have it all now and careers and families and all that and i was driving i think you and i are going to the same place like it's a hike you know and it takes an hour to get there and you're in there for an hour and it takes an hour to get home and i just was like driving down whatever Crescent Heights at 9am from and I just was like, I would just cry because I was just like, why the f do I have to do this? Like, I've done everything right. I've worked hard. I, I deserve to be a mom. I deserve to have someone love me. Like, I've worked so hard on my career. And I feel like now I'm being punished for it, you know, and um, I put my career first. And now I'm being punished and embarrassed and made to feel bad. And but that was all my own. Shit. Like I had to work through uh, by the end, I started to be like, how lucky am I that I can afford this? And, you know, how lucky are we to be alive at a time where you can have a kid at 42, you know? And so I just, I, I, I really, I, I was a brat about it. I got to be honest. I was bratty and I was not grateful for how lucky are we that, to be at, alive at a time where, you know, you can have more power over your family planning. Like I just, I wasn't in gratitude and, um, because it's a hassle and it's like, you have to, I had to go in because I was on birth control before and it took so long for my, this is literally the terminology, for my uterus to like start back up. <laughs> like if you're on birth control, your uterus kind of like shuts down for, I'm sure there's a more elegant way to put this. And then I, it took me so long to get my flow and cycle back that it took like two or three months to, to even start the injections. And so that pushed, and then I was touring when I was doing the injection. So I was carrying my little needles on planes and putting them in refrigerators and little hotels and like shooting myself. Like it was just like I had to have a note when I went through. Like I just was like, ah, fuck it. Um, you know, I didn't have support, and I but I also didn't ask for support. Like once I did towards the shots. All my friends help me with my shots. I have all these videos. I have this video of um, Jason Bateman. Uh, uh, I was like, I was just having my friends give me my shots. So it was like more fun. And like, you guys come over, let's do a shots party. You guys do shots. You give me my shot. Like, I realize you have to make it fun. And here's what I will say. Everyone wants to give you the shot. Everyone's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Like everyone is psyched really? to do it. I was like bruising and like, I wasn't doing a good job. And I just, I felt like giving myself the shots just felt lonely at the time. So I just, I involved my friends and made them come to appointments with me and they all wanted to they want to learn about it they want to meet the doc because they're next in line you know what i mean um so i was just like i i once i finally started asking for like support it got less dark and and embarrassing and sort of i stopped getting so petulant but yeah i have a video of jason bateman uh i was like i was like you can give me my shot you know how to do it and i like show him how to do it and he's like got it i got it i know what i'm doing i got it and he stabs me with the needle and just pulls the needle out like he didn't hit <laughs> no. to get the actual solution in my body so it's just him stabbing me for no reason <laughs> so it's like I, I i tried to like make fun moments out of it so that it was less like i was like this is so out of character for me to not make something hard fun 
And like, why can't I figure this out? Because I feel like I'm failing as a woman. And that's a old thing. But it's also a very primordial thing. You know, there's like, we've been shamed to believe if we don't get pregnant the first time that we're like bad or wrong or broken or like, you know, not enough of a woman. Like, it's just, there was so much of that. Um, and uh, uh, so, yeah, so I got, I want to say, and I can send you the video of me after my eggs because I was also telling everybody the eggs that they got all my friends because I was like you can have two you can have two like I was like donating like on fentanyl or whatever drug I was on I was like donating the eggs as soon as I came out of it and was on like on so many drugs um but uh I'm so glad I did it after I did it I got something called hyperstimulation which is after they extract the eggs the next day you can't have any sugar and you can't like you're on bed rest, but for me, for people like us, bed rest is like, go shoot five things and shoot six TV shows, and you know, because they were like, it's fine. Like, just take it easy. For us, taking it easy is like, you know, fly to New York and back in one day for three jobs, right? Yes. Um, so I didn't, ta- I didn't respect his uh, take it easy because I was like, now I got to fucking get back to work. And I got so sick uh, because the, the follicles that they extract fill up with water and it's incredibly painful and I couldn't walk for two days yeah but I didn't because I think that there's this thing where it's like if you're the kind of woman who's going to get your eggs frozen you play it ahead you're organized you have a job you have a life like we're all busy now you know and I think that by the time I had done that for four months I was just like I'm done with this I want to get back to work like this has been too much and I just I didn't uh, lie on bed rest the next day are you and, and Carter my- done with it? Uh, no? Um, yeah, we've done a couple of them. I might want to do one more. Just to the embryo, the eggs. You extract the eggs, and then him is the sperm frozen, or yeah. were they eggs you had previously frozen? Okay. Yeah, I found out it's better to do embryos because they will like take better or something. I don't know. Yes, like and they the li- eggs- live longer. I don't know something. Yes, no, they do. They and the, the chances of them taking are much higher, you know. And I think it's important that women know. And I didn't really get this. Like, like um, my doctor finally said this to me, and it's what I needed to hear. Of like, if you're freezing your eggs in your thirties, this might not be for your first kid or even your second kid. This could be when you're forty-five and you're like, you know what? Let's do one more. Mm. You know, like it's not that you failed today. This is for it's insurance. It's like a backup right? plan. Yeah, it's a backup plan, and. And I find that so many people are able to get pregnant naturally more faster or more faster, faster when they do this because they're not so stressed out about getting pregnant. Because it's like, well, I got these on ice, so let's just drunkenly f- And then they get pregnant. And they're like, what? That's how it happens. That's how every pregnancy has ever happened. So is it, you're trying, you're trying, and you're putting so much stress on your body that cortisol is being emitted. And it's telling your body it's do not grow a baby because this person is stressed out. They don't, your body doesn't know it's about getting the baby in there, you know? So it's just like, this is not a safe place. It's like the same elephants too. Elephants in captivity famously don't breed, you know, and they kill their own babies. Like our bodies know when the host, whatever, mother is in a toxic environment and is producing cortisol. It makes you less fertile, ironically. So it's like sometimes just taking the weight off and knowing like, okay, I always have that. You get pregnant naturally. This is Paris. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, 
you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store, clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O.com. This is Seven Sliving Questions. Are you ready to slive with my seven yes. sliving questions? Okay. Okay. What is the craziest rumor that you've ever heard about yourself? That I dated Lenny Kravitz, but I don't want to stop the rumor. I'd like this rumor to keep going. <laughs> what if it's a rumor I like? <laughs> Until Lenny hears and Lenny goes, yeah. should I be? Uh, <laughs> puts out a statement. <laughs> has a press conference. Like, I just want to make this 
abundantly clear. He's the least public-facing musician out right now, and he puts out a statement just to be like, by the way. He goes out of his way from, like, the Bahamas to be like, hey, guys, I just want, in his sarong, like, I want to let you guys know. Um, Zoe comes out, like, that's not my mom. That I went out, been. I went... I went out of my way to learn how to use social media to debunk this rumor. <laughs> um, craziest rumor I've heard about myself. That, um, there was a lot of, in the beginning, sleeping with, like, everyone needed me to have slept with every comic to have gotten what I got. So it was like, oh, so so-and-so says you're, you know, sleeping with Chris Rock. It's like, I've never met Chris Rock. Like, it's just sort of like, I don't know, take it, sure, why not? Um... Uh, I'd love to, but I haven't. It's like rumors are always in in a way insulting because it's like if it's people I've slept with, it's like well, now I have to admit I, that person didn't sleep with me. Uh, like it's just sort of like you know I find that sometimes rumors having to debunk them is like oh now I just have to say what really happened, which is way more boring and less cool. Yeah, who's um, the person that you've been rumored to have been with that? Is oh like the God. most far off, or maybe? Oh yeah, I have one that so was many. crazy. Yeah, so many because so many guys love to lie about it. But the craziest rumor I ever read um, online or in the media was that I was dating Michael Jackson, which <laughs> was like he's like I've is known him like my your, entire life. Like my mom and him like are best friends. Yes, we've known each what? other since my mom was thirteen. So like I grew up with him. So when people said that, I was like, that is the weirdest rumor I've ever heard in my life because he was but like here's my family. The thing. Wow. This is this is why journalism there something needs to change because I'm going to be honest with you if I'm a journalist and I need to pay my bills and feed my kids and you're fa- I'm going we have pictures of Michael Jackson Paris Hilton together? Yeah. That's just wild and ugh, gross. Um I've definitely had what else was it? I think a lot of people thought I was a lesbian for a while. Um which I might be. I mean I might be. Let's be honest. Um, Have you seen uh, women? Love, it makes sense. Would love great. for that to be true. <laughs> um, yeah, you seem to be having a blast with us. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is. If I think of another one. What is the worst date that you've ever been on, and why? Ooh, really quick about that. Sorry, can I say this really fast? Um, that I have a lot of plastic surgery. And I admit everything I have and I, I'm, I'm so like, I never wanted to come off like I'm, women shouldn't do that if it makes them feel good about themselves. I had to have my boobs reconstructed like three times. They're amazing. Um, uh, because I had um, uh, scoliosis and all these eating disorders and they grew in weird. And I went to someone in like a mini mall when I first moved here because I was embarrassed and I didn't tell anyone. I just went to this guy by the airport in a mini mall was not a good and they tore a muscle and then I had to go to Garth Fisher to get them both reconstructed. You know, I get filler on this side of my nose because of my, um, and, uh, whatever broke my nose, whatever. And, um, and I, and I, yeah, it's just like frustrating. I think sometimes when people say that like, she's had so much plastic surgery, but then they say I'm like busted and old and I'm like, what is it? Uh, you know what I mean? It's like, am I, you know, I don't know. So that that does always feel wild to me when someone's like, when you got a facelift? And the funny thing about it is I'm just like, thank you for thinking that. Like, it used to really hurt my feelings. And now I'm just like, you know what? I'll take the win. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I think you're so beautiful. I love you. Thank you. And it's 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 just tricky because it's I think that you 
you've been a part of this. Like you, there was a time where it was like women are in the workforce now. And if men are attracted to you, it's your fault. So you need to be less sexy. You need to be less beautiful. You need to be less feminine because everything you're doing that's feminine is asking for it. And men, which is actually so insulting to men because it's like you're implying that they can't handle, you know, going, no, thanks. I'm not going to rape you. Like they can handle, they can do that. Um, no matter what you're wearing. Uh, and you showed me like, you can just be, don't be apologetic about what you do have, you know? And that was a, that was a big deal for me. Yes. Worst date. <laughs> um, my worst date. I think I'm on it. Is it fair to say I'm on it right now? I don't know if this is a reference to me right now, but I'm fucking tired of getting torn. I'm tired of getting torn apart. <laughs> okay, no, my worst date. Uh, my worst date. Well, my worst date, I believe, was when I first moved to LA. Um, these were the kind of shark-infested waters that Paris was also swimming in. Um, I had moved to LA. I met a lawyer at a movie premiere. Um, remember when people didn't have phones or like that? So they just walk up to each other and just talk to each other. It was crazy. Um, it was wild. And he was like this older lawyer who, uh, asked me out on a date. We went to the petite Lermitage, which is like where you take people when you want to hide them. Or like, remember the petite bistro on La Cienega? Yes. It's like, it was no, across from Sushi Roku, no one would ever go in. So also like, that's where married guys would take you and you'd be like oh my god he's taking me to this like restaurant in the middle of the strip but no there's no one in there that was a, not a real re- it was like a fake restaurant for men that were like cheating on their wives you know it was like no one from hollywood went there because he knew he didn't want to run into anyone that he knew he can take me to koi or wherever and um the next day he asks me to meet him at rite aid in beverly hills and I'm like, okay. I drive down there in my little like daywoo, whatever. And I'm like, he's so romantic. He wants to meet me in person. And like he wouldn't he wouldn't email, he wouldn't text, he would call, and I'd be like, he calls. Like it's so romantic. He likes me. And he meets me at the right aid, comes in. I'm like in the right aid. Uh, and he goes, Hey, I was hosting the Sundance coverage for the festival, the Sundance Festival at the time. And uh so I was going to Sundance every year. I was probably 23 or something. And um, he comes in right in and he goes, hey, um, just so you know, I'm going to be at Sundance also with my fiance. So I'm just not going to be able to talk to you very much. <sighs> and it was so like, it wasn't even, it was very matter of fact, like frankly kind. Like he thought he was just being kind and going like, I don't want to hurt your feelings when I, when you find out. I'm have a, a fiance. Like, I was just like, dude, I'm like, oh my God, for you to do this with me right now means you've done this to so many people and it like were, it must have worked many times. Like, that's the crazier part is when you deal with these like motherfuckers that are having a reckoning. Like, the t- incident you hear about is just the incident you hear about. Mm-hmm. If they do it, it means that they got away with it for 20 years. Like, they yeah. pulled that for 20 years and no one said anything, you know? And, um, yeah, and then I remember I was so angry and like shaking and I was a kid. I mean, I was 23 years old and I was like, this guy, you know what I mean? I had no ability to uh, uh, sort of um, control my temper or feelings. Like I just, I was so insulted and now I can go, oh, this is a negative contribution to your future. I can just leave and let you be crazy. I don't have to like tell you why it's crazy. Like I don't have to tell like yeah. a 45 year old man why he shouldn't be like, you know. And uh, I, at the time I thought that like, a stern conversation with someone could like change their neurology and childhoods. Uh, 
not true. So then um, I was so angry that I like stormed out, but it was the, it's the only Rite Aid I've ever been to that has a valet thing that you have to, you know, you have to get your ticket stand. A fucking Rite Aid, dude. This is the one in Beverly Hills. And I go out and they're like $7 if you didn't get it validated. And I'm like, I didn't, I was just meeting, I'm a concubine and I was just meeting this guy. Like, I'm like yelling at this guy being like, I'm like, you cannot, you can't, I can't go back in there. He's in there. So then after screaming at him in Rite Aid, I walk in and I'm like, can you please buy me something so that I can get my ticket validated? It was awful. And he like bought me some gum and I was like, got it validated and like stormed out. That so might win is I the like, worst state for sliving questions yet. That's uh It was that's so embarrassing. Mind. And I left my, you know, when you're frazzled, like I left my car at the thing and there were like four cars behind me honking. Like I, like I held up the line. I made a scene. Like I, it was, it was bad. Brutal. It was uh, hopefully he hears this he's beyond oh i've seen him i've seen him i saw because because here's my favorite thing about shit like that when guys do that to you when you're like 21 22 in hollywood i'm like you didn't think i was gonna make it <laughs> you that's thought my i was going issue. back home that's yeah. my bigger issue with this is that you looked around and you're like she's not gonna make it this like you're going after the girls that you don't think will ever hold you accountable or have access to people in your business. Like that's the worst part is that most people have these stories. They're like, I was discovered on the street. I, I was the opposite. He was like, she's never going to make it. I'm just going to, you know, is he still with his fiance? Nope. And I, uh, do you have your phone next to you? Yeah. Near you? I'm going to text you who the fiance was. Yes. <laughs> blow your mind. Okay. I like it. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. And then I found out that was the fiance. And the fiance was actually kind of like a, like a hero of mine. And a woman that I'm like, oh, she does not know this is happening. And I'm like, do I go tell her? And I almost yes. made a TV show. I almost made a TV show about it <laughs> because I was 22. I know the I know the fiance that he was trying to cheat on me with. We never had sex like or any of that. But I remember going, I need to tell her. And I asked all my friends, I'm like, we need to track her down and I need to tell her. And they're like, let's just walk through how this is going to go. You know what I mean? You're going to go to her house. You're just like a dumb 22 year old. And then you're going to be like, hey, I need to tell you that this happened. And then the joke was always that she would go, yeah, I'm not threatened. Goodbye. <laughs> She's like, I'm me. Um, but yeah, I never told her. I never told her. And I think that's a very big dilemma with women of if you know a woman if you're cheated with or a guy's in a, do you tell the woman? And I talked to three people who were like, that marriage isn't going to happen anyway. Just it's already going down in flames. Like don't get involved. But there are times where I'm like, God, I just, and I've told girls about it and it's gone poorly. You know, I'll be like, Hey, I heard this rumor. I don't know if it's true, but I just, I would want to know if I were you. And they were like, why would you think that? Why would you tell me that? That's not true. And it like to our friendship. So it's a tricky one. Yeah, some people get defensive sometimes, even if they think it is true, because then it makes, I don't know, like, I, I remember years ago when I would get cheated on, I would be like, it would be in the media, and I'd be so humiliated, and then my family would be like, oh, oh, is that true? And I would just be so defensive, like, no, that's not true. The media is making it up. Like, he would never do that mm -hmm. to me, because you would almost make it think, like, you're the bad person because he, like, went and did that to you, which now I don't it, think like or, that anymore, Not only but... are you the bad person... It's like what in that, the Britney documentary, yeah, it was like, she's a slut. She cheated on him. He did a video where, you know, it's like, he just sort of like incriminated her. And, um, you know, but yeah, I think that natural instinct is, 
are you saying I'm I'm someone that would get cheated on? Like yeah, it's also like, there's I'm a little not bit good of an, enough or something. Yeah, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I wasn't you know good enough in bed. Like I just hear when someone's like, I think he, you know, I'm like, are you implying that I can't stop him from being attracted to any other woman ever? Are you implying? Like I go there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, so yeah, that's I get the healthy. getting defensive. That's that's so healthy. That's my brand. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's question two of seven. <laughs> I like it. All right. So next question. You have to go live on an island. You get to bring one person and one item. Who is it? What is it? Why? I can't believe you just asked me this because I thought about this the other day. That's how lonely I am. Um <laughs> I was like, I might as well just do this. Uh, no, I was thinking about this the other day because I think I would need cuticle cutters. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I had COVID and I was basically on an island uh, for, you know, this amount of time. And my, I was like, like I cut my cuticles probably every two days. And mm. yourself? Yeah. What? And then the, no, I'm but like by the way, and then it, no, 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 no. Okay, I have do you the person see, but, do it. No, so do I. It's just, you do it's it yourself? Just... Like, Harris, Ow. I'm trying to describe a mental illness to you. I oh. know you can't relate, but this, just what? so you know. So I cut so deep. It, there's no cuticle there. I'm just cutting in, and it's it happens at, like, midnight when I get anxious. And then I go into my, look. Toenails? Wait, that's, that's dried blood. Hold on. Do you see? That's, like, dried blood right there. Yeah. Right there. It's so gross. Hot. I, I just... <laughs> and i do and i like can't stop doing it it's like there's something like i don't we all have don't you have a little thing that's like your little um blankie or something that soothes you that's like kind of weird maybe don't bring that to the island (laughs) you can't do it anymore she's like "Uh, you're gonna end up with no toes no fingers that's a great point this is like your chance to rehab Go to the island without your cuticle <laughs> like cutter. Nubs. Okay, I like what you're doing. You're saying what should you have on the island to fix? Um, am I allowed to cheat and say like a phone with Wi-Fi? So like I'm see I'm trying to cheat. Why am I trying to do that? Um, <laughs> that's what I would bring. <laughs> yeah, I think that's okay. So now pick a person. <laughs> yes. Lo- uh, okay, I I mean, am I allowed like Lizzo? Yeah, you can bring Lizzo. <laughs> Don't you mean? Don't you think? Yeah, have her make sure her item is like a flute or something, so that you have like, music and. I'm saying, yeah. I'm like, do they have to consent to this? No, no, um, no. You take them from. You kidnap them <laughs> for this challenge. All right. Next is first celebrity crush and current celebrity crush. Love it. Oh, first celebrity crush Eddie Furlong. Wrote him numerous letters. Uh, I think now he's mostly yes. known for releasing lobsters from a pet store crazily he was in terminator the first terminator the second got it he I was see him. he was he was our timothy chalamet how dare you judge me he's my ex-boyfriend is he <laughs> what he <laughs> What? That's no. That's like. Recently. Oh, sorry, Mona. Is there a picture? Is there a picture of him and you online? Yes. Get up here. Oh my god. Oh, he's is he ev- he's is handsome. He but he's younger. Oh my god. That is. How long did you two date? That's so um, funny. I don't remember. Maybe like eight months. This was a while. I was like nineteen. 
yeah, no, I mean, look, I'm still jealous. <laughs> uh, wait, current crush, current crush, current crush. Current crush, who, who's the guy that was in The Shape of Water? What's his name? The mean guy? Uh, 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 what's his name? Oh, uh, Michael um, Shannon. Yes! Yeah. Who's that? He's my, he is, he's he's sexy to me too. Like I I like I, guys I was, like him. I love toxic I relationships, so see. he's my type as well. Oh, I love him. He's such a good actor. He's so good. What is your most prized possession? Mona, come here. Well, it's her. Come in. Come on. Yeah, She's like just the love of my life. I guess my most prized possession is a painting my friend Kevin made of her. So um, pretty those eyes. What's the craziest thing that you've done lately? Maybe that face. <laughs> it couldn't possibly be the blue and purple hair, could it? Um, uh, craziest thing I've done lately. Wait, what did I do? Uh, I just did something. I mean, I had Amanda Knox stay with me for three days. People think that's a little weird. but Yeah, that counts. How I think she's that? awesome. <laughs> she, she's amazing and so cute. And But I was talking to a friend of mine about it. Where the crazy part, I think, wasn't so much that she stayed with me. It's that, like, every time she was in the kitchen cooking or had a knife, I'd be like, go on, please. Like, I was doing all these bits about her being a murderer. and To her? Yeah. And she was, like, laughing. And I told that to my friend Dan. And he was like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Like, you're insane. So you you don't think she did it? I don't think she did it. Okay. I don't. Okay. I just wanted to all make guys, sure. No, I know all guys do because all guys think that all women are conniving and cunning uh, monsters. No, I get it. <laughs> I was just going to say it'd be a lot crazier if you thought she did it and then said, why don't you come stay with me for a few days? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so funny because every time she's so cool and self-aware about it. But like when I, I, I'm i staying in this other house and I'm so clumsy and I trip, I'm like tripping on shit and I'm walking into beams because it's not my house. And um, every time I would like slip or something, she'd be like, please don't die around me. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny like she was super like hilarious about it you know like she'd be holding a knife and she'd be like do you want me to put this down <laughs> like no 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 it's fine no yeah that's cute <laughs> that's fine that it was funny she's she is so smart and funny and interesting she we did a podcast episode that was like two parts it was like four hours wow i love it that's cool so what's a flaw of yours that you always fall back into I don't have any flaws, so... I got question. you. The cuticle thing's fucking weird. So let's let's put that one on the list. No, okay. A flaw that comes up. For me, when I am angry, I like to just go away and work through what's old and what's not. What's historical, what's now, what's my dad's thing or my mom's thing or what I saw like I just I need time to step back and delineate okay this is not your fault this could this is not about you this is old this is old like I just kind of need that time but I have a hard time communicating it without it being like like I just want to go I just need like two days before I respond to this which is you know, no one wants to hear that, but I know I need to, because when I, the flaw is when I can just go off the handle and can respond emotionally or make permanent decisions based on temporary feelings, or I let my 
reptilian brain run the show because I feel scared and I am embarrassed or I feel ashamed or your feedback feels like criticism to me right now or feels like an attack. Like I have to physically like step away and like walk myself through, you know, I'm in Al-Anon, a 12-step program. Like I kind of have to walk through and be like, okay, I'm going to forgive you for this. I'm going to turn this over. This was my fault. I'm going to own my part. I owe an apology here. Like I really have to break it. I don't like to just free ball fight. Top three bucket list items. (sighs) Shut down the horse carriage business in New York, in South Carolina. Um, oh, uh, ruin or stop a man in uh, Hollywood that keeps procuring exotic animals uh, for petting and holding. He's doing it illegally in California, and uh, he like smuggles animals in, and it's a nightmare. So I want to stop him from being able to do that. Uh, which I think I will be successful. And um, I want bigger boobs. Those are nice. Uh, <laughs> I want to have, is kids a bucket list thing? That's sad. Yes. Huh? Yeah, no, no, it's nice. That's nice. Oh, is one. it? I don't have kids. Yeah. I'm not like I need to go skydiving or parachuting. I don't, mine are very boring. Like I, I think when you've had a crazy life, your bucket list stuff is like, I just want to like, stay home for the night and get dinner yeah also when you do that when you like i think when you've experienced success in the field you want to be in and you've kind of like hit a lot of those milestones having a family or finding the person you want to spend the rest of your life with becomes like numero uno in terms of things that you value that is a hundred percent you're like i kind of just want to like have dinner with like people around a table and everyone stay and no one scream at each other is that a does that count? I think that sounds <laughs> lovely. How many questions was that? Was that that was seven's living questions. That was it. Uh, well what done, I, what's Whitney. my score? What's my score? How'd I do? You got a billion percent. <laughs> <laughs> That's the highest like, you can um, get on this scale, by the way. That's we great. thought this was going to be like snappy and funny, but it ended up getting like sad and no, um, a bummer. So no, we like sad on this podcast. It's kind of uh, <laughs> I had so much fun. You're yeah. Being awesome. I do, I do, and like I love that you're like I love that you're doing a podcast. Like, and if you know, I, I oh, she's yelling at me. Um, we, it's people just want to hear the wiretap. They just want to hear us talk. You know, it's such a weird thing. I think to think like who would want to hear me talk to throughout. Like people just, you know, I, all the podcasts I love are just exactly this. People just yeah. being totally authentic and having a conversation. That's very sweet. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, it was yeah. really nice meeting you. I'm glad we got to kind of. Hash over some of our stuff. I feel good okay, about it. Sorry. No, I, no, I, don't I feel apologize. like we came to a good place. I feel like we're both stronger. Um, we literally got to the point where I'm giving you my semen for your children. So I feel like we couldn't be in a better place. <laughs> I look, I, I am a, an entrepreneur. I'm a businesswoman and I never let an opportunity pass. <laughs> and if there's a single genetically blessed man uh, that I can con into giving me sperm, I'm going to shoot my shot. My dad's handsome, so you you know that this baby will at least be good looking until he's sixty two. No, I know you're handsome because I'm mean to you, so it's a compliment. It's like you know when guys pull your hair and they're like, "It's because he likes you." I have the same toxic approach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I enjoyed it and uh, it was really nice meeting you. I love you guys. I'll I see love you, you guys soon. This is Paris. Thanks for listening to This Is Paris. We love hearing from you. So leave us a review. Send an email to paris at iheartradio.com. Leave a voicemail at 833-87-PARIS. 
and follow us at This Is Paris Podcast. Bye, babes. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.